Maui burns to the ground. Oprah and The Rock raise billions in aid. Each landowner gets $700. Yeah, you heard that right. $700. Oprah and The Rock are swimming in cash. They could pay the homeowners of Maui out of the change in their sofa cushions. So where is the rest of the money? I'm sure it'll be explained away. Shake your head here. At a time when facts are currency, we have your back. We're TNN, the Truth News Network. And with today's wealth of facts... Here's Dan Newman. You know, there's that famous passage of Scripture in the Bible that says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. No is the catchword in there that our government is trying to use to hook us and put us in a trap. Wow. What a way to start the week, Dan. What a way to start the show, right? Well, There are a lot of facts out there, a lot of things that we know. We're finding out more and more. Do you know that media outlets like this one, TNN Live and truthnewsnet.org across the nation, are bringing more factual information to the ears and the eyes of Americans than all the mainstream media outlets combined are? How could that possibly be? They have much larger audiences, but there are tens of thousands of little podcasts out there, websites where people post based upon what they find out, not what they're told by people in Washington, D.C., or the truths of every matter in government. Americans have awakened. America has been asleep for far too many years. And as we've been sleeping and just coasting along, we're ravished with all kinds of good things happening to us, money flowing freely, and then comes Joe Biden. And then he begins to do what Democrats, sycophants, authoritarian leaders have always done. They seize control of power. They tell you, we're saving democracy. And anybody that would come along like the orange man All he wants to do is destroy democracy and become an authoritarian. And then they whisper, (laughs) you people don't know that I already am, Joe Biden. That's exactly the facts of this matter. Look at this new southern border bill proposed by Chuck Schumer and the rest of Democrats and a few handful of Republicans in the Senate We're going to break it down ad nauseum this morning. It's critical that every American knows what's in it and understands the ramifications of what it will do to this nation if it somehow gets passed. And then, of course, Joe Biden would jump all over it to sign it into law. And then implementation comes. We'll get into that in just a minute. Last night, the Grammys, I never watch the Grammys anymore because there's so much insanity and politicalization that goes on every time we have the Grammys. And of course, it's the hardcore left that come up and they browbeat everybody that's conservative in the nation. We're evil. They're good. What they want to do is what everybody should want to do, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm talking about. One of my all-time musical heroes, Billy 
Billy Joel was there. Hadn't written and published a new song in 30 years. Well, he came out of hiding, and he's got a brand new song that was just released, as a matter of fact, coordination with his appearance on the Grammy, sharing it with all of us. The name of this song is Turn the Lights Back On. Billy Joel, his first song in 30 years. Right after this, we're going to dig deep into the mud, and it's going to be a, a very important day for all of us. But first, Billy Joel. Please open the door. Nothing is different. We've been here before. Pacing these halls, trying to talk over the silence. And pride sticks out his tongue Laughs at the portrait that we become Stuck in a frame, unable to change I was wrong I'm late, but I'm here right now Though I used to be romantic I forgot Somehow, time can make you blind But I see you now As we're laying in the darkness Did I wait too long To turn the lights back on? Inside the home that we built The cold settles in It's been a long wind Dove and different And maybe you love me Maybe you don't Maybe you'll learn to And maybe you won't You've had enough But I won't give up On you I'm late, but I'm here right now, and I'm trying to find the magic that we lost somehow. Maybe I was blind, but I see you now as we're laying in the darkness. There's still time for forgiveness Won't you tell me how I can't read your mind But I see you now As we're laying in the darkness Did I wait too long To turn 
really sounds like Billy Joel, doesn't it? But we haven't heard that same kind of voice with a song like that from him, at least, in 30 years. 30 years is a long time, especially in the music industry. But he's one of those guys, man, he made a mark for decades on the music world at the height of his career. It was doubly good because he's a songwriter and his songs are really good. And then nobody can perform a song, most songs, by the writer. People out there with great voices put a band together. Really good stuff. It's hard for a songwriter to be able to top any of that. But Billy Joel does it still every time. Well, I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope you spent time with those you love. You got a little rest got ready to roll for Monday. This is going to be a busy, busy week here at TNN Live. I'm sure your week probably is going to be busy. We're at a time of the year where a lot of people, you know, they got through the new year. We got through Christmas, Hanukkah, all those holidays, and we just kind of rested a little bit. And then we hit it hard January 2nd. Oh my gosh. It was a flurry of stuff that we had to take care of that we didn't take care of during the holidays. And around February 1st, it's kind of like it's time to take a breather. And so maybe now for a few weeks at least, we can relax a little bit. But what we can't relax on is paying attention to what's happening in our government, happening in the world that involves our government. And of course, if it involves our government, isn't it involves us too. We've got another hit Another hit by the United States in combination with the UK over the weekend against the Houthi rebels. We'll get into a little bit of that. And I've got some comments about it that may shake a few of you up. But things just aren't adding up over there in the Middle East, what we're doing in the Middle East. For one thing, and I'll tease it, we'll talk about it a bit later in the show. But Joe Biden is telegraphing telegraphing where these attacks are going to happen. That's never good. If you've got an enemy out there and an enemy that is a really, really big enemy like Iran and all its proxies that have been hitting us, oh, 170 times about at different locations around Iraq and Saudi where we have military members stationed at various bases, 170 times. And then Joe Biden decides finally, weeks later, weeks later, he decides we got we to gotta show the, uh, the, those Islamic Muslim extremists over there that we're not going to sit here and let them just pick us apart like that. We're not going to do it. I have no idea where he got and gets his influence, the people who have his ear regarding military matters. But one of the first things that should happen is an immediate response to when any American military member is killed on foreign soil. And Joe didn't do that. I don't know who his military leaders were other than the Secretary of Defense that uh, went AWOL for about 10 days. Nobody knew where he was, including his boss, the President of the United States. While this stuff was going on in the Middle East, we were being attacked. Where was Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense? He was in the hospital. Now, I get that. 
privacy, HIPAA, all that kind of, I get that. But listen, I owned a large company for dozens of years, and we had all kind of people that worked there, just as our government does, just as our military does. And there's a chain of command created in our thriving business as well as, well, normally would be that way in the military. And if the guy at the top goes AWOL, nobody knows what's going on, nobody knows where he is, and he happens to be the guy, the only guy that can make military decisions about when to go and what to do and how to do it and who's going to be involved. He's incognito. He didn't even tell his number two person, the one that was supposed to step in when he was out of the picture. She didn't even know about it. He didn't tell her. It took days and days before anybody realized what was going on. Now, that tells you a couple of stories. Number one, he's not a good leader, period. He's not a good leader. I could give you a lot of opinions about that, but I'm not going to do it because I've never met General Lloyd Austin, never have. I just know a little bit about him by watching him in his military operations that were very public. He's the one that screwed up Benghazi. He had a chance to put SEAL Team 6 on the ground in Benghazi before those four Americans were slaughtered on the streets. They were circling overhead waiting for the go sign to land or to parachute in and save those people. He would not say to do it. Refused to let it be done. He was also complicit in giving those Syrian so-called rebels arms and a lot of money with which they were going after Syrian President Assad, who was gassing his own people. They wanted to take him out. And they came to the United States military, our State Department, when Hillary Clinton was Secretary of State, Lloyd Austin was the head of CENTCOM. He was over all our military forces in Europe and Northern Africa. That was his call. Hillary and Barack, they kept sending arms, all kinds of arms, rockets, missiles, heavy artillery, whatever they needed to go after Basra Assad. And it just so happened they were giving all of that to ISIS, Did you know that? And I told you what CENTCOM's General Austin, what he did, he basically, who knows if those men could have been saved. I don't know if they could have, but they would have had another chance with some other pros there that could help the people that were on the ground. And there weren't many of them at that consulate, especially people that were armed and were trained for taking care of stuff like that. And now look at what's going on. Look at what he did during the holidays. He goes into the hospital. He had surgery. I get it. Prostate issues. He's got prostate cancer. And he went in and got surgery. That's okay, but golly, not telling anybody? How do you think all of this stuff that we're seeing play out now over there that we're doing, how do you think that is all put together? Do you think they just get in a room and they fret and say, man, what are you? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What do you think about this? 
They had no prepared plan. You would think a military, especially one, the base, the best, the largest military on the planet, with maybe the exception of uh, exception of China, the we've got the best military on the planet. At least we think we do. We have in the past. Not sure about what we have there now because of leadership. But there was no coordinated plan. I heard it that first volley that. Biden did last week, late last week. I heard as far as strategic targets, there were none. There were none. They were shooting missiles, multi-million dollars worth of missiles. They were shooting them at sites where there were no people. And many will say that's a good thing. Those sites also did not contain strategic materials or equipment. It was little more than a multi-million dollar fireworks show. And the same can be said for the second and the third strikes that we, we took. Symbolism over substance. Boy, we're seeing a lot of that going on now, aren't we? You're going to hear a lot about that. Yes, the Senate finally released that Southern border, whatever you want to call it, Bill. I'm so nauseated. I'm so hacked off about it and about the way the process was done, put it all together, the few little bits of context that we've gotten so far, and every hour or two more comes out that shows how stupid and ugly it is. And then to listen to several of the people that were involved in the crafting of that Senate bill that hid it from the American people and only put it in the hands of their fellow senators and members across the aisle at the House of Representatives over the weekend Sunday. And Schumer wants to vote on the bill, 300 pages, wants to vote on it Wednesday. Americans are sick of this. We are sick of a hands-on, one-side government. Yeah, I know the House has a slim majority in the conservatives, the Republican Party. Two or three votes, that's all we have there. So it doesn't take much to tip the tide. But you put the Senate, you put the White House, you put all those people on one side of it. It's tough for that one branch of government to be able to do enough to overcome the power that are in the hands of the White House and the U.S. Senate. And they know that. So, here's what the bill says. Let me just give you the 30,000-foot level analysis. A bipartisan group of senators finally released the text of that immigration and security supplemental deal. But, Republican intraparty warfare is likely to tank its passage. They tell us the bill is $118 billion. Of course, it's backed by Joe Biden. What it includes is $14 billion in aid to Israel, $60 billion, $60 billion more to Ukraine, and another $20 billion for securing the southern border amid a massive increase in illegal migration. So let me ask you this. What's more important 
to the United States right now and over the last three years. $60 billion more to Ukraine and only $20 billion to secure our border? We'll talk about that later. It, it, the bill also includes billions for partnerships in the Indo-Pacific, including Taiwan. Biden said, quote, I strongly support it. That was a statement he put out yesterday. Said it'll give him the emergency authority to shut down the border when overwhelmed. Well, Mr. President, you have that authority right now. You had it on the day you took your oath of office. It's called enforcing the rule of law. We don't need new laws, sir. We need you to do what you told us you were going to do when you were campaigning and when you gave your oath of office, when you put your hand on the Bible and the other one in the air and swore an oath to do those things, you have broken your commitment to the American people and do so every day in which you allow the illegal actions at the southern border to take place. Not only allow it, you demand it. You gave orders to Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, which basically say, open the doors and let them in. And by God, they have done just what you told them to do. Against the law, sir. The bill, here's what's in it. It mandates that the border is completely shut down. Ooh, that sounds good, right? Not finished yet. If there are 5,000 encounters over a week or 8,500 encountered in a single day. The 370-page text, it came out as Senate Republicans have expressed frustrations, even accused some of their colleagues of opposing the border bill over election year politics and for moving too quickly. Senator Mike Lee, Republican of Utah, great respect for Mike Lee. Several other GOP hardliners, that's what they're calling them. If you're for the rule of law, you're a hardliner. Several of those people are in the Senate that are supporting this. They said a single weekend is all they were going to give their compadres to review this massive bill. Doesn't count and is demanding more time to interview witnesses and examine the text before they vote on it. Senator Lindsey Graham, he's a Republican, South Carolina, he called it the oldest game in town, bringing the major piece of legislation before a recess or a holiday, but hopes that Speaker Mike Johnson will give the bill a fair shake if it passes the Senate. You're going to hear from Mike Johnson in just a minute, and then he was on Meet the Press yesterday. NBC. I got the whole interview for you. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll do it probably at the bottom of this hour. Oh, by the way, Lindsey Graham is supporting the legislation, even though you just heard what he said. Johnson said the bill is even worse than he thought it was going to be. He announced Saturday the House separately is bringing a clean standalone $17 billion Israel aid to the floor next week, this week as the Senate prepares to move forward its supplemental package. It 
So what does this House other bill include? $6 billion to Customs and Border Protection for security enforcement, investigations relating to migrant surges along the southwest border, and counter-fentanyl activities. Over $40 billion allotted to respond to the situations in Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. The bill also contains a provision that would deny funding to United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestinian refugees in the Near East. That's UNRWA we've been talking about for days. Biden expressed support for the legislation, said yesterday he strongly supports it. Now we've reached an agreement on a bipartisan national security deal that includes the toughest and fairest set of border reforms in decades. I strongly support it. It'll make our country safer. Yada, 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 yada. He went on to say he hopes Republicans stop playing politics with the border. I've made my decision. I'm ready to solve the problem. I'm ready to secure the border, and so are the American people. I know we have our divisions at home, but we cannot let partisan politics get in the way of our responsibility as a great nation. Joe, read my lips. You can do it today. Call Mayorkas and say, enforce the laws that say how we must handle the southern border. Laws that were passed by people like Joe Biden when he was in the Senate for half a century. He was part of the group that put the existing laws on the books that were signed into law by whatever president was in the White House at that time. And Joe refuses to enforce the laws. My friends, that's not authoritarian. That's a dictator. That's what he rails about all over the Caribbean and Central America. And then he says, Donald Trump, if he get Trump, if he gets elected, he's gonna destroy our democracy. You're well down the road to doing that, sir, and you're bragging about it to the American people. Mike Johnson has not made a White House, excuse me, a congressional chamber speech. He did the thank you thing that night he was elected House Speaker, but he's not spoken from the floor about anything until Friday. We have a catastrophe at our southern border. It is because the border has been deliberately opened wide that we see the the terrific horrors that are taking place across our country right now. Since President Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas assumed office, there have been more than 7 million encounters with illegal aliens just at our southern border alone. 35 of our 50 states, including my home state of Louisiana, don't have a population that large. Yet that's how many people have been apprehended in just the past three years. Among those who've been apprehended on the southern border, but between ports of entry, more than 300 individuals who are on our terror watch list. Right now, the leading cause of death, the leading cause of death in America, for Americans age 18 to 46, is fentanyl poisoning. That alone should be more than enough for Joe Biden to stop letting the border remain open. Let me ask you this. How many 
people do you know or have you heard of or heard seen testifying about fentanyl killing their kids, their innocent kids, thought they were getting a headache medicine or something like that, and they innocently take it, and within minutes they're dead. Fentanyl poisoning. Every bit of that fentanyl is coming into the U.S. across that southern border. It's only 100,000 each year, every year since Joe's been in office. That's only 300,000, Dan. That's no big deal. Are you kidding me? But let me put it in context for you. We talk about this every once in a while. I throw it out there in two years, two years in southern border crossing and felony acts being committed against just Texans in Texas. 400,000 of those. So 400,000 of those in two years. These are illegals that are coming in and they are attacking Texans. All kinds of vile felony acts committed against them. Even first-degree murder. And that's okay. Joe doesn't want to stop it. He tells us he does. If he did, he would have stopped it by simply saying, execute the laws that control immigration and how people have to come into the United States. The only way to do it is legally. The only way to do it should be legally. But these politicians think when they were elected by half the voters in the nation, 52, 53%, that that gives them the right to just thumb their noses at the rule of law. They don't have to enforce the law. The Biden administration, the Department of Justice, FBI, they all work for Joe Biden. And they're being busted every day for breaking laws and lying, committing felony acts. DOJ, FBI, you cannot credibly say otherwise. We've given you example after example after example. Steve Baker, I spent two hours with him Saturday here in Shreveport. Two hours. And there are two looming back-breaking exposés that are about to come to destroy the lies, the constant lies that the FBI is telling the American public about January 6th. Nasty ones. People are in jail today because they propped up witnesses that have been proven to have perjured themselves in those Oath Keeper, all the other trials that were taking place putting people behind bars without having credible evidence. And the evidence that Steve Baker has already produced and has gone public all over the world is way sufficient for somebody to come in, somebody that has a pair in Washington, D.C. that would come in and say, we refuse to have this government or any government lord over the American people. We demand the rule of law being enforced in every case and will accept nothing less than that. If you don't enforce the laws, you have no nation. You have a massive group of 300 plus million mob attenders. And that's what we have. Let me just give you a couple of these things that have popped out already. 
This emergency border shutdown, they have that. That's a clause in this bill. It's, it's By the way, the bill's the Border Act. The emergency border shutdown clause, it will not be activated unless the President's Homeland Security Secretary says so. And that's a clause that's buried deep in the 280-page bill. So in other words, Joe could just tell Alejandro Mayorkas, if he's still around, hey, hey, don't worry about it. Just blow, blow it blow it off. It's actually on page 119. Here it is. Whenever the Border Emergency Authority is activated, the Secretary shall have the authority in the Secretary's sole and unreviewable discretion to summarily remove from and prohibit in whole or in part entry into the United States of any alien identified in subsection paragraph A3 who is subject to such authority in accordance with this subsection. So what does that mean? The loophole converts the supposedly mandatory border shutdown into a conditional presidential policy option that can only be activated when there are many more migrants than during the border emergency declared by President Trump during his first term. By raising the required numbers and adding multiple exemptions, the legislation makes it far more difficult for a president to declare a border shutdown, which is the reverse of much media coverage during the last few days. This rhino Democrat immigration deal is really a mass amnesty that essentially locks in 2 million illegals a year. Advocates for the pro-migration legislation are touting the shutdown trigger because it's a dramatic phrase from President Biden and journalists to broadcast and because is what most Americans want. Biden said this, it would give me, as president, a new emergency authority to shut down the border when it becomes overwhelmed. And if given that authority, I would use it the day I signed the bill into law. Joe, Joe, you already have that. You have that ability. You have that authority. Do it today. No, they're not going to do it. They're building a permanent Democrat Party voting class. That's what this is all about. They're sending all of our manufacturing abroad, most of it going to Asia, much of it going to China. Manufacturing jobs go, many of them, tens of thousands that Donald Trump's policies brought back. We built some plants, we reactivated a bunch of plants, and people that had been kicked out of the manufacturing sector and were finding jobs that were way below their capabilities just to make ends meet. Thousands of them went back to work. We had goods and products of our own that we were not relying upon the whims of Xi Jinping and China and some of the other dictatorial leaders in Southeast Asia. We, the people, were on our way back to gaining total control of everything that's for the people in the United States. We were not having to rely on foreign governments you know, those governments that Joe Biden has sold out to, literally, at a price. Not for the people, but for him and his family. 
The details of this legislation show that that mandatory trigger will rarely be pulled. It discounts many migrants, will expire in three years, and will have no impact because the law also creates an entirely new fast-track, rubber-stamp asylum process that can put millions of economic migrants on a rapid path to citizenship and into voting booths by 2030. As to the substance of the Border Emergency Authority, it appears to be left to the discretionary whims of Secretary Mayorkas, who, I might add, is currently being impeached for failing to actually enforce the law that's on the books now. This much-touted legislation, it declares on page 122, Section A, Paragraph 3, Activations of Authority. The Secretary may activate the Border Emergency Authority if, during a period of seven consecutive calendar days, there's an average of 4,000 or more aliens who are encountered each day. B, Mandatory Activation. The Secretary shall activate the Border Emergency Authority if, number one, during a period of seven consecutive calendar days, there's an average of 5,000 or more aliens who are encountered each day, or, number two, on any one calendar day, a combined total of 8,500 or more aliens are encountered. But on page 117, the text lists exceptions to the mandatory trigger, including one catch-all. Listen to this. This is the catch-all. Quote, a process approved by the secretary exemption. Okay, letter C, an unaccompanied alien child. Letter D, an alien when an immigration officer determines with the approval of a supervisory immigration officer should be accepted from the Border Emergency Authority based on the totality of the circumstances. Letter F, an alien who has a valid visa or other lawful permission to enter the United States, including an alien who presents at a port of entry pursuant to a process approved by the Secretary Mayorkas to allow for safe and orderly entry into the United States. And then Section F would exempt the parole migrants that Biden's deputies are importing despite this existing law that they're in direct violation of, every one of them, In 2023, Biden's deputies imported a million parole migrants who would not be covered by the border shutdown. Biden also has imported more than half a million unaccompanied alien children who would not be covered by the shutdown trigger. Another paragraph on page 124 says migrants from non-contiguous countries shall not be included in calculating the sum of aliens encountered. Now, what the heck is that about? Well, it's a loophole. It ensures that only migrants from Canada and Mexico can count towards the 5,000 per day trigger. Anybody coming from India, China, Syria, Lebanon, any of those countries, they don't count in the 5,000 per day trigger. And on page 119, legislation allows the border chief, which is Alejandro Mayorkas, quote, the sole and unreviewable discretion to ignore this clause altogether, even when the inflow rises way beyond 5,000 or 8,500. 
$74 billion for other countries. $74 billion for other countries. $20 billion to help Biden bring more illegals into America to vote for a Democrat Union Party system. No wonder they crafted this in secret and want to vote on it this week before Americans find out. Even more importantly, the new bill creates an asylum corps that has the authority to quickly provide migrants with green cards. That gives them legal status. Even without facing a trained judge in the nation's independent asylum courts. The legislation also provides money to hire more than 4,000 asylum officers, likely from the growing array of investor-funded pro-migration advocacy groups. A summary issued. Those in Congress that are supporters of the bill, they put out a summary telling everybody what the bill says. Section 3141, provisional non-custodial removal proceedings create Section 235B within the Immigration and Nationality Act, which establishes provisional non-custodial removal proceedings to adjudicate asylum requests from the the border, grants an asylum officer authority to approve an application for relief or protection during the protection determination if an applicant demonstrates by clear and convincing evidence. The Democrats' chief negotiator, Senator Chris Murphy, touted the legislation saying, the border never closes, adding this, it contains a requirement the president to funnel asylum claims to the land ports of entry when more than 5,000 people cross a day. But remember, that doesn't count any of the Central America or other illegals coming across in any given day, only those that come from Canada and Mexico. The border never closes, but claims must be processed at the ports. This allows for a more orderly, humane asylum processing system. Still, pro-migration Democrats, Republicans, and business groups really want to tout the trigger to mollify voters. In other words, pacify them. Example, Kirsten Sinema, independent senator from Arizona, said this yesterday on CBS. So much has been talked about with the, as you know, the number of 5,000 people a day, right? We've all heard misinformation and, frankly, just kind of rumors saying, well, the administration doesn't have to shut down the border until you get to 5,000 crosses a day. That's not true. First of all, this is her talking. First of all, our existing law is catch and release. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a law, Senator. The law says they must be deported immediately if they don't have legal access to come across that border. It's not the law that is catch and release right now unless you call Joe Biden the law. But when too many people, she said, approach the border, asking them to come in, seeking asylum, we're now mandating that the government actually shut down the border if those numbers get to 5,000 a day but we're permitting the government to actually shut down the border when it only gets to 4,000 approachers a day. My gosh, look at what we're giving them. By the way, that would have to be 4,000, a combination of people coming from Canada 
and Mexico. Any other person from any other country doesn't even count against the 4,000. They're all welcome to come in. She said, I don't know what Speaker Johnson will do when the border security bill gets to the House. When asked if Johnson can be persuaded to support the bill, Cinema says, I think everyone has an opportunity to be persuaded. I simply mean read the legislation. That's what we're doing now, and it sucks. Senator, it sucks, and I cannot believe any U.S. senator, any representative in the House of Representatives would go along with this crap, but you already have. Now, the turncoat, I think everybody already knows this, among Republicans is Senator James Langford from all places, Oklahoma. He's also touting the emergency authority without noting the exemption of the secretary's sole and unreviewable authority to not use the authority. The border emergency authority has been the most misunderstood or maybe just misrepresented parts of the bill, he said. Some people have said it would mean 5,000 people a day are coming into the country every day. That's absurd and it's untrue. How can they say that? It's happening that and more every day right now. And if this goes through and it gets out around the world, look out, they will be flooding the border. But Lankford also admitted this, the Border Emergency Authority only lasts three years to force this administration to shut down the border and to give time for the next president to hire more agents and more officers. After three years, the emergency authority expires because we should have regained full control of our border by then. Now we know why Wall Street loves this border bill so much. It legislates cheap labor forever. That's Senator Josh Hawley replying to Lankford. Hawley's senator from Missouri, Lankford from Oklahoma. Gosh, I don't know, folks. I don't know. Just the circumstances surrounding the way this has been done makes me want to just puke. They did it as they always do. Before, it's been the year-end omnibus bills that they've done for three or four different years where it's thousand-plus pages of legislation. And what they've done in the past, no committees saw them, no committees discussed them, debated them, no witnesses, no written testimony or evidence to refer to. And why would you need that if you don't take it out for committees and individuals to see? And they'll put it out late one night and demand that the next day they vote on it. thousand pages plus. This one's only 300, but it's the same deal. I could keep going on and on and on at breaking this thing down. Let me tell you where you can go get this breakdown if you want. Go to Breitbart, Breitbart News, and somewhere in an index on the front page. I did this last night. I can't remember where it is on the front page, but the the title of this story that breaks this down is Border Shutdown, Rule is Optional, Loopholed, Temporary Distraction. It breaks down all of the nasty stuff. Every conservative that's listening here, you need to listen to me and act accordingly. Get this, as I said, download it. Make a bunch of copies of this story. 
and everybody you know in your life that has any interest or concerns about this in any way, put it in front of them because it gives the bill, the page, the section, the number, the clause, everything on just the stuff that I just gave you and much, much more. Facts matter. And we should get away from our pontification and stop using anything but facts to have conversations about these very important issues like this. Let me say this. Factually, if this thing gets passed, you can forget about the nation of the United States and its preeminence on the world stage forever. It's toast. It's gone. We will be forever a quote-unquote Democrat, which turns into real quickly fascist, fascist, Democrat-controlled government and controlled by at the most 30 people. That's their objective. When they get there, they know this. They control everything. You and I, the people that formerly had a voice, have no voice. We've got a couple of choices. Take your own life, go out in the street, let some of these illegals that are really bad people, all of them aren't, but many of them are. We have that we know over 300 terrorists. I'll have a little bit more to say about that coming up in the rest of the day, this this morning in this, this uh, podcast. Because you're not going to have any freedom. Your freedom will be exactly what you're told you can have and nothing more. 35 years after the original movie, Fox is bringing you back to where it all began. Nobody puts baby in the corner. This is the real Dirty Dancing. Eight celebrities compete to become the real Baby and Johnny. Look at my Johnny is. Some will rise. Some will fall. All will have the time of their life. The Real Dirty Dancing four-week event starts Tuesday at 9 on Fox 5. Get cracking and feel unbeatable with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. Bacon and cheddar or egg white and veggie. Made with cage-free eggs and packed with protein. Take on the day with new omelet bites from Dunkin'. America runs on Dunkin'. This is your home. This is your family room slash gym. The guest bedroom slash music studio. The daybed slash dog bed. The living room slash yoga shanti slash regional office. How did you guys do it? Slash classroom. And this is the basement slash panic room. Maybe what your family needs is a vacation home slash vacation home. Find yours on the Verbo app. When playing football, you run up to 120 pitches. You work out 650 muscles. You withstand three times your body weight. You treble your adrenaline production. You raise your heartbeat to 180 times per minute. And in the end, you lose up to three liters of sweat for one goal. This game is not a game. Gatorade works with no artificial colors or sweeteners. Locked and loaded with Truth Ammo. Taking aim at the problem, it's Dan Newman. I told you we have Mike Johnson, House Speaker, Louisiana, 
representative fourth congressional district and he is the speaker he was on uh what is it meet the nation what is what is nbc's sunday morning um big talk show anyway he was on it yesterday and i'm going to play the full thing in about let's see it's 52 right at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock call call your friends and get them tell them how to log in live if they don't know tell them how to do it but they need to hear what mike johnson says these nbc commentators they interrupt him left and right they question him. He answers questions. They'll come back later and ask the same question over and over again. They would never do that to a Democrat. These people, there's no question about it anymore. They're in the tank for the Democrat Party agenda, period. Forget about what the American people think. And their numbers and their dollars and cents, these networks, they're all losing massive amounts of money because the American people are on to that process now. And they don't understand why we don't just sit there like sheep waiting for somebody to lead us to the promised land when we have everything we need factually in front of us to make educated decisions that are the best choices for us, our families, our businesses, and our fellow Americans. We don't need them to define what they're doing. They just need to be public with what they're doing and oh yeah we're gonna figure it out once again we don't need them to help us so i started looking around a little bit i wanted to find out what some of the uh, the big longtime democrats that uh, aren't necessarily in office but they're vocal pretty much vocal one of them david axelrod he was big 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 in both of the terms of Bill Clinton as president. So he emphasized over the weekend a need for Joe Biden to take some decisive action to address the border crisis, stating that quick and effective measures are necessary to control the flow of immigrants. He acknowledged the perception of things being out of control and emphasized the importance of Biden's message focusing on real action steps to address the issue. He said a lot of conservatives, a lot of conservative writers who were not for Donald Trump wrote about immigration, and they said, look, he was right. He saw how this was affecting different people along the border and a perception people might have, which may not be a reality, but they still have it. That old adage, perception, what people think is what their reality is. And these people, many of them, are losing their jobs. They're being invaded by people they don't know and know anything about. How does Biden seize that back? Well, look, I think he has to be very aggressive on this. This is Axelrod. There is a crisis, but it has to be done right. And I think that's what Biden's message is. It should be anyway. But it has to contain real action steps quickly about how to stem the flow of immigrants because that is one of the symbols to people that things are out of control. Go figure. Serpent head. And that's not me saying that. His wife named him that. He is a smart guy. He really is. Even though I can't stand to watch or listen to him when he talks. Oh my God, what are we going to do? 
Well, let's do this. Let me step to the side for a few minutes. Yesterday, Meet the Press. That's the NBC Sunday morning show. Mike Johnson appeared, and I want you to listen to what he has to say, the questions that are asked him, but watch the way this woman tries to beat him up and confront him and interrupt him all the way through it. This is classic leftist media hatred for conservatives. Joining me now is the Speaker of the House, Republican Congressman Mike Johnson of Louisiana, who just marked 100 days on the job. Mr. Speaker, welcome to Meet the Press. Hey, Kristen, glad to be with you. Well, it's great to have you. Before we get to the border talks, I want to ask you about the Middle East. Of course, you just heard me talking to the National Security Advisor about these rounds of retaliatory strikes, which you have been critical of. I want to be very clear, though. What specifically do you want to see, Mr. Speaker? Do you want to see strikes inside Iran? Well, I do take issue with a little bit of what Jake Sullivan just said. I listened to that interview. It was interesting. We need to make absolutely clear to Iran that nothing is off the table. You know, we maintain peace through strength. That was the Reagan doctrine. That's what President Trump uh, continued, and that's what we have to do right now. We, we should not be appeasing Iran. That's what the Biden administration has been doing for the last three years. We are projecting weakness on the world stage, and frankly, Kristen, that is why our adversaries are acting so provocatively. What we need to be doing right now is turning up the heat on Iran. We need to act to, to decimate the uh, Iran Central Bank, the, the assets that they've held there. We, we need to uh, lean on international banks to seize the assets of Iranian proxies. We need to, to put big-time pressure, maximum pressure on their oil exports. There's a lot that we could do to Iran to send a message instead of this appeasement strategy. It's just Including strikes, Mr. Speaker? Including strikes, just to be clear? It shouldn't. It should not be off the table. Let me give you okay. a, just a quick example. You know, in, in the Trump administration, we used a drone and three missiles yeah. to take out Qasem Soleimani near Baghdad. That sent a strong message and it quelled all of the activity there. What what we're doing right now, we're sending, we're using potentially hundreds of munitions yeah. to, to strike close to uh, 100 targets so far, but we're not going right to the heart of the matter. I think that's a real problem. And of course, the Biden administration has argued they have launched a number of retaliatory strikes against all of those attacks. Let me ask you, though, about your surprise move on Saturday, Mr. Speaker. You proposed a new standalone aid package to provide funding for Israel. It, of course, comes just hours before the Senate is set to unveil the details, the text of its border deal, which would also include funding for Israel and Ukraine. You just heard Jake call it a ploy, a political stunt. Why not wait for the Senate to put out their bill first? Well, let's make a couple of things clear here, Kristen. You know, we passed the support for Iran uh, many months ago, three months ago. Uh, immediately after I became speaker, we sent the necessary resources there. We passed our bill on border security nine months ago. It's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk collecting dust ever since. The H.R. 2, which is our, our signature bill right out of the beginning, right out of the blocks, for the House Republican Conference and our Republican majority would have solved this problem. We would resolve the asylum, the broken asylum 
asylum system and the broken parole system, we would uh, reinstitute remain in Mexico, which would stem the flow by probably 70 percent. We would end the, the catch and release, the, the release, the mass releases of illegals into our country that's happened. This border is out of control. All these problems have mounted and the Senate has been dithering ever since. We yeah. cannot wait anymore. The reason we are going to send the new Israel package over is because the time is urgent and we have to take care of that responsibility. Mr. Speaker, as you know, that bill that you passed in the House would be dead on arrival in the Senate. Your Republican colleagues in the Senate have said as much. So I guess my question is, did you propose this standalone Israel aid package to kill this compromise deal in the Senate? No, we've made very clear what the requirements of the House were, and that is to solve the problem at the border. Uh, apparently, the Senate has not been able to come to an agreement. They've been suggesting text should be filed, maybe today. But we've been told the same thing for months now. We've been awaiting their action. We cannot wait any longer. The House is willing to lead. And the reason we have to take care of this Israel uh, situation right now is because the, the, the situation has escalated, of course. I mean, the, the Hamas terrorists are, have not uh, have relented in their attacks on Israel. Uh, we're now having, of course, U.S. personnel being uh, fired upon there. And, and of course, with the retaliatory strikes that are taking place, the heat has been turned up there. Israel has never been in greater need of our support. And the House is serious about that. I believe we'll pass this with a, a wide margin and take care of that responsibility. As you know, though, the Senate is poised to release the bill text today, Mr. Speaker. Let's talk about what is in it? We haven't seen all of the details yet, but it is expected to speed up the asylum process, mandate DHS shut down the border during surges, and so-called catch and release, which you just mentioned, and expand migrant detentions, just to name a few of the things that it does. Will you put a bill like that on the floor for a vote, given that you're saying we have to address the crisis at the border? Well, you're addressing some of the rumors about what are in this text. It's been it's been negotiated behind closed doors by a small handful of persons, and even most of the members of the Senate don't know what's in it. What we've also heard is in it is that there might be limits of thousands uh, per day before retaliatory measures or, or uh, uh, any measures would be taking place to shut down the border. But here's the essential point. The President of the United States opened the border. We, we documented 64 specific actions that Joe Biden and his agencies have taken to create this catastrophe. They did it intentionally. That's why his approval rating is uh, in the tank. 60% of the people disapproved by your latest poll. The reason the presidency is imperiled, as your opening uh, monologue stated, is because this is an abject failure huh. of leadership. The, the American people are done with this. The border has to be secured. The president has the authority right now. He doesn't need another act of Congress. He could do it right now, but he's unwilling to do it. As you know, the White House has completely dismiss the allegation that in any way the migrants and surge in migrants have been intentional on the part of the president. In terms of him being able to take action right now, Mr. Speaker, you know as well as I do that an executive order would only be met by legal challenges. You have a chance to do something right now. The details we laid out are not rumors. That is based on negotiators who were in the room. Were you offered a briefing on this compromise bill, and will you put it on the floor? Well, when they began to do the negotiation, I suggested immediately after taking the gavel, I suggested to Senate leadership that the House should be involved. We should be in the room. I wanted to send uh, the chairman of our committees of jurisdiction to be a part of that ne negotiation. And they said, no, no, let, let the Senate take care of it. We'll send you something Were you that offered is a briefing, Mr. Speaker? What we're were hearing right now is not. But were you offered a briefing?
No, I, I, I have not been. No, I've had individual senators call and, and give me tips and offered things that are going on in the room, but we've not been a part of that negotiation. And I have been absolutely clear from day one, since literally the next morning after being having the, handed the gavel in late October, what the functional equivalents of H.R. 2, what those are, and why that was necessary to solve the problem. I took 64 House Republicans to the border in January. We heard from the people in charge, the Border Patrol agents, the people there, and they said, these are the things that you must do to stem the flow. And the reason we have the, the biggest immigration catastrophe, border catastrophe in U.S. history is because President Biden took these actions. I can name them but, for you specifically but, but, what he Speaker, did. You, he you, does have a th executive authority right now. Mr. Speaker, you talk about H.R. 2. Again, Senator Lindsey Graham, your Republican colleagues say that that stands no chance of passing to the Senate. You have an opportunity to do something right now about the situation at the border, which you've been calling for new legislation on the border since you first took office. But let me ask you about Donald Trump. He said any Republican who votes for this deal should be ashamed of themselves. You've said you speak to him frequently and that you've discussed this deal with him, quote, at length. Is Donald Trump calling the shots here, Mr. Speaker? Of course not. He's not calling the shots. I am calling the shots for the House. That's our responsibility. And I have been saying this far longer than President Trump has. I have been saying what the requirements are to fix the problem. I don't care if they call the legislation H.R. 2 or not. What we're saying is you have to stem the flow. The, the president has executive authority right now. As Congress does this negotiation and, and the debate and discussion, the president could stop it. Section 212F of the Immigration and Nationality Act, the Supreme Court has already acknowledged, gives the president broad executive but, authority. But he, could, he could close the border literally overnight. But, but Mr. Speaker, you, you know that former President Trump took executive action. He got tied up in the courts. Any executive action is going to get tied up in the courts. You have been calling for legislative change to actually deal with this problem. You are now the Speaker of the House. Do you not have a responsibility to your voters, to the people who put you in office, to address what you have called a crisis and a catastrophe? Isn't something better than nothing? Nothing. Kristen, we did that. We did that nine months ago. And since we passed our measure in the House to solve this problem, and the reason we had to do it is because we saw that President Biden was not fulfilling his obligation under the law. That's why this is such a failure, failure of leadership. But we did our part. And by the way, since then, in the nine months since that bill has sat on Chuck Schumer's desk collecting dust, 1.8 million illegals have been allowed into this country, welcomed into the country, sent around the nation into every communities, communities near everyone listening and watching this morning, and that is a catastrophe, but he, and the American people know it, and that's part of the reason that Joe Biden right. has the lowest approval rating of any president facing re-election. Even former President Trump, though, called for legislative change on this issue. You have one of the slimmest majorities in the House in history. Don't you have to compromise to get something done? What you passed in the House can't pass in the Senate, Mr. Speaker. You know that. We are willing to work we are willing to work with the Senate. I am not disclosing that. And I've been very consistent for the hundred days that I've had the gavel. We're willing to work, but they have to be serious about it. If you only do a few of those components, you are not going to solve the problem. And Kristen, that's not a Republican talking yeah. point. That's what the sheriffs at the border, the, the Border Patrol agents, the deputy chief of, of U.S. Border Patrol, a 33-year veteran of the agency, told us. He said it's as though we're administering an open fire hydrant. He said, I don't need more buckets Let like the president's proposed. I need to stop the flow. And we know how to do that, but Joe Biden is unwilling to do it.
Let me ask you about your decision. And by the way, Joe Biden has said he would shut down the border. He's calling for more funding. He's calling for you to pass this legislation. Let me ask you about your move to impeach Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. You accuse him of, quote, willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law, a breach of public trust. Mayorkas has said these claims are baseless and politically motivated. What's interesting here is that some prominent conservative legal experts who oppose Donald Trump's impeachment also impose the impeachment of Secretary Mayorkas. This is what Jonathan Turley had to say, Mr. Speaker. He says there is no current evidence that he is corrupt or committed an impeachable offense. He can be legitimately accused of effectuating an open border policy, but that is a disagreement on policy. What has not been shown is conduct by the secretary that could be viewed as criminal or impeachable. Are you impeaching Secretary Mayorkas over a policy disagreement? Uh, Jonathan Turley is a friend and, a, and a, a former colleague. I was a constitutional law attorney, a practitioner, litigator myself. Uh, and I also worked on the impeachment defense team for President Trump twice. Yeah. So I'm very familiar with the law. What we're suggesting here is that Secretary Mayorkas has openly defied federal law, openly, repeatedly engaged in a, in a, a practice of defying the law that Congress and has put on the books and, the, and previous presidents have signed. He has also lied to Congress. He has misrepresented represented facts over and over and by that and, and because of that he's obstructed congressional oversight all of these are constitutional responsibilities that we are unable to fulfill because this cabinet secretary has decided to defy federal law extreme times desperate times call for desperate measures and that's where we are Mr. Speaker, just a couple of points there. Of course, Secretary Mayorkas and you had a dispute over what it means for the border to be secured. So the notion that he lied has not stood up uh, under independent fact checkers when you look at the fact that this was a dispute. It, secondly, he says he's following the law. He says that's why new legislation needs to be passed. Mr. Speaker, how does impeaching Mayorkas do anything to address the immediate crisis at the border, which you have called a catastrophe, which you said deserves immediate attention? Kristen, for that matter, how does passing a new law by Congress do anything to solve the catastrophe that they have intentionally designed and created? If we pass a new law, he won't follow that law either. It gives the, the president expanded authority on asylum. It, it, it does a <laughs> but range the president of is not using the authorities DHS he has right now. All right. No, Kristen, me, the president and Mayorkas are not using the authorities they have right now. Yes. All right. Let me just play. This is uh, you were, as you just said, a part of President Trump's defense team at his first impeachment. Here's what you had to say about impeachment back then. The founders of this country warned against single party impeachments. The founders of this country warned us against a single party impeachment. The founders of this country warned against a single party impeachment. You know why? You guys know why? Because they feared it would bitterly and perhaps irreparably divide our nation. What changed, Mr. Speaker? Nothing. Nothing's changed. I would repeat the same refrain over and over because facts are stubborn things and they do not change. The Constitution does not change. Impeachment power is probably the heaviest power that the House of Representatives has given in the Constitution. Next to the declaration of war, you can argue um, it's the most serious power we have. And, and it's not to be used for partisan political purposes. That is exactly what they did for Donald Trump. How is they, this they telegraphed different? They were Mr. Impeach Speaker, Donald how Trump is this before he even took his oath of office. If that's the case, then it's, how it, is this it's moment very different. different now. 
Kristen, in many ways. Let me explain the many ways. For one, the House has methodically, slowly, deliberately gone through the impeachment process, impeachment inquiry, impeachment investigation on Mayorkas and, and President Biden himself. We've involved three different committees of jurisdiction, judiciary, oversight, ways and means. The, we have followed the facts where they have led, not for political purposes, not because we take pleasure in this. It's, a, again, a heavy thing to, to look at the impeachment of a president or a cabinet secretary. But these facts require it. The, the House of Representatives has the constitutional responsibility of impeachment, and that uh, begins with the investigation, and it must be very carefully, methodically done in a nonpartisan manner. That's exactly what the House Republican majority has done here, and it is exactly the opposite of what the House Democrats did in the previous administration. That is a fact, and we can follow those facts and understand them for what they are. All right. And of course, Secretary Mayorkas has said that the allegations against him are baseless. Mr. Speaker, we really appreciate your time this morning. We do hope that you will come back. We have a lot more to talk about, but there was a lot to discuss about the border today and foreign policy. Thank you. Wow. Okay. So the big question that was intimated by the anchor of that show yesterday, Kristen, I have no idea who she is, but nevertheless, was that there's no law out there. There's nothing now that gives the president any power to do anything about those people coming across the border. We need new laws. We need new legislation. Okay. Why is it illegal? What does the law say? They won't even talk about that. I want you to listen. You may want to write this down. In fact, if you want a copy of it, drop me an email. I'll send it to you. It's 8 U.S. Code, paragraph 1324. This is about the criminal act of bringing in and or harboring illegal aliens. Here we go. Section A, knowing that a person is an alien, brings or attempts to bring to the United States in any manner whatsoever such person at a place other than a designated port of entry or place other than as designated by the commissioner, regardless of whether such alien has received prior official authorization to come, to enter, or reside in the U.S., and regardless of any future official act which may be taken with respect to such alien, knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that an alien has come to, entered, or remains in the U.S. in violation of law, transports or moves to attempt to transport or move such alien within the U.S. by means of transportation or otherwise in furtherance of such violation law, and knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that an alien has come to, entered, or remains in the U.S. in violation of law, conceals harbors or shields from detection or attempts to conceal harbor or shield from detection such alien in any place including any building or any means of transportation or four encourages or induces an alien to come enter or resign in the u.s knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such coming to entry or resident is or will be in violation of a law or engages in any conspiracy to commit any of the preceding acts or aids or abets the commission of any of the preceding acts shall be punished 
as provided in subparagraph B. So here's paragraph B. A person who violates the above shall, for each alien in respect to whom such a violation occurs, one, in the case of a violation of that paragraph or in the case of violation of the subparagraph in which the offense was done for the purpose of commercial advantage or private financial gain, that person shall be fined under Title 18 and prison not more than 10 years or both. Number two, the case of violation of subchapter A that we read above, be fined under Title 18 and prison not more than five years or both. Or number three, the case of violation of subparagraph dot, 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 during and in relation to which the person causes serious bodily injury as defined in Section 1365 of Title 18 or places in jeopardy the life of any person be fined under Title 18 and prison not more than 20 years or both. And number four, in the case of a violation of that same sub sub paragraph resulting in the death of any person be punished by death or imprisoned for any term of years for life fined under Title 18 or both. Did you get all that? Okay, now who does this apply to? Which subgroup of people does this apply to? I mean, a president of the United States, a secretary of Homeland Security, their ultimate authority in all this, right? No, they're not. What you're hearing red night right now is the federal law that regulates the whole process of handling illegal aliens. So here's the other one, 8 U.S. Code 1325. Any alien who enters or attempts to enter the United States at any time or place other than as designated by immigration officers or eludes examination or inspection by immigration officers or three, attempts to enter or obtains entry to the United States by a willfully false or misleading representation or the willful concealment of a material fact shall, for the first commission of any such offense, be fined under Title 18 or imprisoned not more than six months or both, and for subsequent commission of any such offense, be fined under Title 18 or imprisoned not more than two years or both. Number B. Any alien who is apprehended while entering or attempting to enter the U.S. at a time or place other than as designated by immigration officers shall be subject to a civil penalty of at least 50 bucks, not more than 250 for each such entry. Number two, twice the amount specified in the case of an alien who has been previously subject to a civil penalty under the subsection. And it just goes on and on and on. The law, existing law, is full of the guidelines that control and have legally for decades. Do they need to be tweaked? Yeah. But they don't need to be ignored. Nobody in Washington, D.C. has any right, not even... not even a president of the United States. Nobody has a right to turn their back on the rule of law 
and bring one person in or facilitate bringing one person in. It's a violation both monetary and prison, folks. So what you just heard me read, that is all that Joe Biden or any U.S. president needs to enforce to close the southern border to illegal entry. If we had time, I wouldn't worry you with it today. We could read the legal immigration law process. Why wouldn't these people, if they want to come here so bad, if they're so desperate, some of them are making their way from China, from India, from Africa, from European countries, and then think about South America. They're going through hundreds and even thousands of miles that they could not have to do if they just went to a local U.S. consulate or embassy and applied to be immigrated into the United States and do it legally. We already allow and have for decades a million people to immigrate into the United States and get citizenship while they're doing it, a million a year. The process is there, it's transparent, it's published all over the world, and why would any president, Joe Biden or anybody, thumb their noses at the law they swore to uphold but refuse to uphold it unless they want illegals here, and they do. It's a lot to take in, but when you need a refresher, it's all here. 24-7, 365. Every podcast, every blog. TNN, the Truth News Network. Truthnewsnet.org. It's amazing. He's talking about motorcycle insurance, and people love it. Of course, they love the savings they're going to get with Geico, but it goes beyond that. You deserve to save. (laughs) heard that before you deserve to save i know i need you to hear me you deserve to save i deserve to save i mean he has a way of making you feel seen bundle car and motorcycle insurance and save at geico.com ready to take your jenga skills to the next level if you're an all-star at building towers and balancing blocks then build up the competition in new jenga maker play in teams to finish first and claim the crown Jenga and new Jenga Maker. Reach the top of your game, each sold separately. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. We design smarter ways to detect motion for emergency dispatch in seconds. We create HD cameras so you could see what's happening in your home from anywhere. All powered by Fast Protect technology, exclusively from Simply Safe for faster police response. Because in here, your safety is the only thing that matters. Advanced home security, 24-7 professional monitoring. There's no safe like Simply Safe. CBS, NBC, ABC, MSNBC, CNN. An alphabet soup of lies, myths, and disinformation. For real nutrition, you need a full plate of truth. TNN, the Truth News Network. Apparently, many of you took my uh, suggestion before we heard that interview with Speaker 
Mike Johnson and called a few folks because our live audience just jumped up big time. I want to thank all of you that if this is your first time here, this is what we do here. We find facts. We throw the pontification of people from both sides of the aisle. It doesn't matter what office they serve in or whatever their party affiliation is. There are good and bad folks in both political parties. There are good and bad people that aren't even members of political parties. That is immaterial. We all have that constitutional right to do that. But what we've got to understand is the laws apply across the board. I'm not talking about political process. I'm talking about what the law says. No president, not one in history, has ever had the right to do something counter to the law. And in the past, presidents have tried it often. They've been popped for doing it. They have been. Voters, if nobody else, pops them for doing it. And let me ask you this. Consider this one thing while uh, we move on. But consider this one thing as you're pondering what you heard today. Why would they not want to support the law? Why wouldn't they? We're talking about the people that write craft laws and pass laws that go to a White House so that whoever the sitting president is there can sign them into law. They have been griping for decades We've got to fix our broken our broken immigration system. We've got to do it, got to do it. The very people that say that, scream that at the top of their lungs, they never bring anything forward that they can talk their fellow Republicans and Democrats into supporting to amend any laws or even throw the old laws out and put new ones in. They can't do it. And that's why... That's why Chuck Schumer and these turncoat Republicans like James Langford, do you know that his own political party Friday in Oklahoma censured him for what he's doing because it does not comport to the rule of law what he's pushing for that reason? And sometimes... When your fellow members in Congress, when they don't agree with you and you think they should and question why they didn't, you know what? They don't represent you. They don't represent any other person sitting in that chamber with you. They represent the people of their respective congressional district back in their states. So do you think they would? purposely go against the will of the people that elected them to come to Congress? They would never be reelected. Why would they turn on what the people in the majority in their respective districts want to happen? And across this nation, 60% of Americans today, 60%, that means it's got to be a lot of Democrats in there. They say This immigration system that is in place that Joe Biden refuses to enforce needs to be amended, but not until the law is enforced and these people show whatever the law is, they'll enforce it. Alejandro Mayorkas, I don't know how he's lasted this long. He should be behind bars for what he's doing and promoting 
and allowing and preaching about, besides his lies, numerous lies under oath and testimony before Congress. How many times did you hear him say for three years, our border is closed? We don't have open borders. And more than three years later from the first time he said that, and he said it in every time he was before either house in committee, he said it every time, our border is closed. Our border is not open. Two weeks ago, he finally admitted the border's open. We can't vote him out of office But by Jesus, we need to find a way to get him kicked to the curb because he is killing Americans. His policies, his breaking the law and opening the southern border and allowing these tens of thousands to come in every day, every week, he's violating his oath of office. He's also breaking the law. I read the law to you, the law that he is breaking. You know who Senator Bob Menendez is out of New Jersey. He's been in multiple ethics investigations up there. He One was about to kick him to the curb, and it went on and on and on about four years ago, five years ago, and the jury didn't exonerate him. They were a hung jury, so they had to drop the case. Prosecutors didn't want to refile against him in that case, but he's in another one right now, big one. And I promise you, when this gets to the end of the trail, he's going to go to jail this time. Fraud. I mean, fraud, left and right. Now, he is an Hispanic lawmaker. He is. But yesterday, excuse me, Friday on CNN this morning, he stated that increasing support for mass deportations is a response to a dangerous Republican narrative. Now listen to this. Co-host Erica Hill asked him, a new CNN poll out this morning, 31% of Americans support prioritizing mass deportations of all people living in this country illegally. That's up from 15% in 2019. The language is tougher from President Biden all the way down. Is that more about polling and politics or do you believe it's actually language about policy? Menendez, who is a hardcore leftist Democrat, he believes in open borders, no question about it. He responded, I think it's a lot of the politics that have gone on in this last several years. People see the situation at the border. They're responding to the Republican narrative around what's happening at the border. Now listen, there is a global migration challenge between global climate change, between failed governments and our hemisphere. There's a challenge that we have to address at the root cause and also how it's appearing at our border. How in the heck does he come up with whatever's happening at the border has anything to do with global climate change? Hey, Bob, the climate changes in every part of the globe all the time, every day, has for billions of years. What makes you think that any man on the planet can do anything that affects that or impacts it at all? And don't start throwing the scientist says. For every scientist that you bring up that says it's real, I'll give you one that discounts that. And both of them have their 
own evidence to show it. Anyway, he continued, there's a challenge that we have to address at the root cause and also how it's appearing on our border. But when you look at what Republicans talk about, when you talk about a mass invasion like you hear Texas Republicans talking about, when you talk about things like replacement theory, these are things that have gained hold in our electorate because that's what Republicans are talking about because they think it's if they can come up with a conspiracy theory that's dangerous enough that Americans will trust them. So when you see the rise in support for mass deportations, it's in response to a dangerous Republican narrative. In other words, old Bob, he thinks he and his fellow Democrats and a handful of Republicans are smarter than us, that we can't watch, listen, and read facts and come up with answers that are good and right. And so you just dismiss every one of us. You write us off because you're the ones that have all the answers. And that's where they want to go with this permanently. Now, I'm going to dispel one of the biggest frauds perpetrated on the Americans plus every other person on the globe regarding climate change, global warming. They came out last week with a number that actually 2023 was the first time in years that our average temperature went up. It went up microscopically, but still. It went up, they say. We did a little digging. We found out who posts those average temperatures and the process they use to put them together to post. You know what the NOAA is? National Oceanic, yada, yada, yada. It's a government, U.S. government entity, and they are over all the things that happen in the water. Naval kind of stuff. But they monitor the weather. They are the official weather monitors. And they're the ones that come up with these temperature numbers every year. They watch and read temperatures every day. It came out late last week. You're not going to believe this. People start wondering, where do they get these temperatures from and how do they keep up with it? So they begin to do investigations, talk to people within OAA, coming up with the process and finally figured it out and started and went out in the United States to find some of the places that these temperature, and it has to be thermometers, right? It has to be where they're placed. You may laugh at this, but it's unbelievably true. And it it just explains so many of the mysteries that we have about how these climate nuts come up with the information that they claim is scientific evidence. Some of the places they post and place these thermometers at for them to monitor electronically are on the roofs of buildings, in the concrete, in cities, sticking up just out of the edge of concrete in the cities, all over other places. Now, why would they do that? That's where the majority of the temperature, these measuring devices are placed across the United States, not out in the jungle, not out 
in farmland, only in big cities. So what does that mean, Dan? Well, uh, (laughs) it means the temperatures are going to be higher. First of all, can you imagine putting a thermometer, embedding it in a crack in some concrete on the ground anywhere in the United States? That's going to be hotter than any other place in that city even, for that matter, or on the roof, on top of a roof, full exposure of the sun all day, every day. It's a narrative that has to be fed, and they're feeding it, just like they are with this border mess. They're feeding it, hoping that you and I will just swallow what they tell us, hook, line, and sinker without checking into it and getting some answers. Oh, my gosh. So have you kept up with the latest on the UAW? They have doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down in their support for Joe Biden, and their union members across the United States are up in arms. They're the ones that pay these union members, and these union members, when they make their endorsements, that means, theoretically, but we all know it's true, they give a bunch of money, campaign dollars, to whoever they're endorsing. And that means if that person gets elected to whatever office he or she is running for, they get an office when the UAW calls and needs a favor, that gummit, they're going to get a favor. So the billionaire, the billionaire orange man, former president of the United States, over the weekend he made a comment about what the UAW has done, is doing, how they're doing it, and why. What did you hear from the Teamsters Union? Why did the UAW decide to support President Biden? Well, I never spoke to UAW. You know, they're a hopeless case. They've led their industry right into the poorhouse. And now they've finished it off because uh, if you, if Biden gets elected, you won't have an auto worker working in the United States. Everything's going over to China and other countries outside. This electric car mandate is insane. They don't go far. They cost too much. And they're going to be made in China because they have the material to make it. We have a thing called gasoline. We have oil and gas. We have gasoline. And that's what people want for the most part. Now, I'll say this. If you want to buy an electric car, you should be able to. But if you want to buy internal combustion, if you want to buy a hybrid, if you want to buy, you should have everything, everything for sale. Right now, they have tens of thousands of of electric vehicles for sale. Nobody wants to buy them. Nobody is buying them. The automakers, Ford came out and announced they're not going to make any more pure EVs. They're going to go back to the combination vehicles because that's what the demand is for. First of all, They're way more expensive. Whatever they say about inflation is not true. Over and over again, they misquote it. Last week, we went over the unemployment numbers, the labor statistic numbers, and we found out that they purposely misstated them every month since Joe Biden has been in the presidency to make it look like it's better than it is. The inflation numbers... I can't say this factually, but I believe they're probably manipulating with them as well. But here's what they don't tell you. They don't tell you that inflation under Joe Biden went from under 2% to over 9%. And now when you hear them say every week, oh, inflation's coming down. It's way, way down. It's not. It doesn't matter if it drops a point or two. They went from 2 to 9 
They're not near getting back to the two, which is the optimum that the Federal Reserve says we want to stay within to just run our economy normally. You don't need somebody to give you any numbers on inflation. You're the ones that go to the store. You're the ones that buy gasoline. They tell us gas prices are down. They're not down. The day Joe Biden was elected president, I paid $1.69 a gallon at the same station that last week I filled up with, and I paid $2.65 a gallon. Well, that's only a dollar a gallon, Dan. You got a 20-gallon gas tank. That's only $20 of fill-up. How can you tell Americans that's okay and normalize it? We can't. You may because you don't buy any gasoline, Mr. Biden. You don't have to charge an electric car out in the middle of nowhere and then not be able to find the, uh, the, the specific charging station that you need for your car. I did not know that some car, electric car brands require a specific type of charger. Now, yeah, you may have one installed permanently in your garage, but that's okay. But, you know, then you start a 600-mile trip. Horror stories come out about people that were caught on the big ice storms last month up in the Northeast and almost froze to death in their cars because they ran out of juice and couldn't find any place to get any. None of this stuff that this administration talks about or puts out is based on facts. It's based on politics and the political narrative of the day that they are being whoever the handlers are telling these lawmakers and also this president what they are supposed to do or not supposed to do. Here's another example of that same thing. President Biden is alleged to be deliberately sabotaging any element of surprise in his planned responses to the recent killing of those three U.S. troops in an attack by Iran-backed militias. This is according to Representative Florida, Representative Mike Waltz. He's calling for both a stronger military response and a complete policy shift to return to former President Trump's maximum economic pressure on the Iranian regime. He released a statement on Friday, Waltz did. He's a member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence, House Armed Services Committee, and also House Foreign Affairs Committee. He was talking about our military's recent announcement that three American troops were killed, 25 others injured, in that drone attack in Jordan. He said three American service members are dead, dozens injured. And now the Biden administration is deliberately telegraphing to Iran what their response will be, eliminating any element of surprise, he said. He was talking about Biden's announcement of his decision on a response to the strike on Tuesday, which included his reassurance he does does not seek a wider war in the Middle East. Listen to this. Saying don't to Iran, that's not a strategy. Here's what Walt said we should do, and he's a military officer. He really knows the deal. Number one, hit the Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps operatives, not just Iran's proxies. Two, dry up Iran's cash flow. 
And all you have to do to do that is enforce the sanctions that have been in place that Biden won't enforce against Iran. If you take their money away from them, they will not keep on funding these attacks that their proxies are perpetrating against us. Number three, not sit on our hands the next time the Iranian people rise up and demand change. He served as a special forces commander in Afghanistan. He talked about his fear that Biden is once again trying to check the box with meaningless strikes that target warehouses rather than punish the Iran regime. According to Waltz, who is still a colonel in the National Guard as well as a former White House and Pentagon policy advisor and the very first Green Beret to be elected to Congress, not only does this require a strong military response, but also a complete policy shift back to the Trump maximum pressure on Iran's economy. Remember this, when Iran-backed terrorists dared kill an American, Trump cut the head off the snake and the attack stopped. Remember, he sent that missile and took out their number one military leader, Soleimani. Killed him. Iran never lifted a, a finger against the U.S. after that. Until Joe Biden came to office. In 2022, former VP Mike Pence accused the Biden administration of threatening to unravel all the progress the Trump administration made in marginalizing the Iranian regime, including abandoning the Iran nuclear deal, imposing tough sanctions on that theocracy's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, which aims to protect the country's Islamic Republic political system. Trump also vigorously enforced those sanctions against Iran to bring their oil exports to near zero during his administration and deny the regime its principal source of revenue. Joe Biden has not only taken those off, he's given them 10 billion U.S. dollars. Six billion was to release a few hostages. I've, I've never heard of billions of dollars being used to pay off to get some hostages released. That makes absolutely no sense. Other than Joe Biden is obligated to Iran, just like he probably is to China. Quid pro quo. So this all comes as the Republicans are blaming Biden for the deaths of those three U.S. troops killed in the drone strike. They point to the president's continued weakness, his appeasement strategy toward the authoritarian regime, which is the largest state sponsor of terrorism worldwide. The attack on the military base in northeast Jordan, close to the Syrian border, that was the very first U.S. troop casualties over a series of attacks on American forces by Iranian-aligned groups since the Israeli-Hamas conflict began in October. Following Taliban mass celebrations marking the second anniversary of the U.S.'s withdrawal from Afghanistan, Waltz accused the Biden administration of having caved to the Taliban and taken no accountability for the ensuing disaster. In November, he blamed Biden and his failed Iran policy for the current conflict in Gaza, as he called a starve to Iran of the funds that it's using to fund terrorism and warn that terrorism on American soil is only a matter of time as long as this border is wide open. Listen to this. How many terrorists are here? We don't know. 
We know there are more than 300, probably many more than that. How many more does it take to create a domestic disaster for us? How many more terrorists do we need? Well, they can't take on our military, Dan. That's not what terrorists do anyway. Terrorists just take on behind the scenes, under the covers. Look at what Hamas did. October 7th, in the wee hours of the morning, they stormed into Israel and killed 1,200 Israelis between 1 o'clock and 6 o'clock in the morning that day. That's how terrorists act. 300, more than 300 known terrorists walked across our southern border. Who else has come in? How do we not know that these people that do what I'm about to illustrate in countries all around the world Why wouldn't they do it to us? What is that they do? They send in people surreptitiously, under the cover. Nobody knows who they are. And they just go in and act as regular citizens until it's time to act. And it's coordinated. And they just go do their thing. Those 19 Islamic terrorists, most of them from Egypt, by the way, Everybody thought it was Iraq. Nope, most of them from Egypt. Egypt. Nineteen of them took down the Twin Towers and killed 3,900 Americans that day. Just 19. How many more do we have living among us? And what are they going to do? Or what are their plans to do? That's a great question that somebody in the White House needs to ask. They're not asking it. They're just trusting that it's not going to happen. You need to wake up, folks. You need to wake up and understand. She won a Grammy last night. One of her best songs ever. Haters gonna hate. Cheaters gonna cheat. Terrorists They're going to terrorize. We all pray that it won't happen here, but I don't see how on earth it won't happen at some point. And it's not going to be pretty. And Joe Biden doesn't have any answers for that either. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, that went in my eyes. Quit moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Come in for workout gear. Leave feeling empowered. Come in for snack time. Leave more fulfilled. Because when you shop at Target, you leave with what you value most. Like healthy foods for your family. And brands that lift our communities. At Target, the things that matter are always within reach. What we value most shouldn't cost more. You love chocolate. Mmm, chocolate. You love M&M's. Oh, yes. But your tastes have grown up, and you're just not wild about super sweet milk chocolate, so you've been avoiding M&M's. Yeah. 
Well, fear no more. Huh? M&M's dark chocolate to the rescue. My heroes. M&M's dark chocolate candies. Available wherever fine candies are sold. I'm a Verizon engineer, and today we're turning on 5G across the country, including right here in New York City. With the coverage of 5G nationwide and in more and more cities, the unprecedented performance of ultra-wideband. It will change your phone and how businesses do everything. I'm proud because we didn't build it the easy way. We built it right. This is the 5G America's been waiting for. Only from Verizon. 5G ultra-wideband available only in parts of select cities. 5G nationwide available in 1,800 plus cities. Let me ask you a question. Do you like do you like Tucker Carlson? Were you a fan when he was at Fox News before he got canned and you too, like me, was looking around to see where he was going to surface? Well, he's at X, formerly known as Twitter. And sometimes I disagree with some things that Tucker says, but most of the time I agree. He typically gives me a different version that I haven't thought of or heard on some important matters, he just gives me a little thing. I got to, I'll, I'll just listen to him and go, hmm, and think it through. I don't always agree with him at the end of it, but I like having diversity in thought about really important issues. Over the weekend, he came out and he admitted what politician truly scares him. I can't imagine any politician scaring Tucker. But here he is, along with Dave Rubin, kind of monitoring Tucker and what he says. Tucker Carlson went on the All In podcast. You know the All In podcast. Uh, My friend David Sachs is one of the co-hosts over there. Uh, And uh, Tucker talked about how Newsom represents the exact type of fascism that we better be watching out for. I also think that once you decide that like, hey, let's just go crazy, and you couple that with true social disorder, like you get to a place where you can't buy anything at CVS because it's chained up because shoplifting has been legalized as it has been in California, what you're going to get is fascism. Because people can't live in in that, they can't live with chaos. Like that's the one thing they can't deal with. And I've covered a couple of wars and that was my main conclusion. The main problem with war is not that people get killed, it's that people have to live with total uncertainty and craziness, and that's incompatible with what people want. Like, that's the, that's the worst thing. You know, di- we're all gonna die. Dying is not the worst thing. The worst thing is living in chaos, and we're starting to live in chaos. And so the return to order is what scares me. I think it'd be very easy, and I do think Gavin Newsom is a fascist. I think he's the kind of person who would have no problem, no hesitation about using the DOJ to, cr- to imprison his political opponents. Now, Biden is imprisoning his political opponents, but at least they're lying about it. Gavin Newsom is the kind of person who'd be like, well, yeah, you're a, you're a threat to the general order and you're going to jail. And I think because we're in a moment of chaos right now, people kind of want that, actually. I think one of the purposes of degrading and confusing our society is to make way for authoritarianism, even more than we have now. Um, so that kind of freaks me out. All right, Tucker's making a really deep point there. 
when you see the chaos on our streets, and we're going to get to some of that in just a moment, when you see what's happening in New York City and San Francisco and Portland and that they can jump the turnstiles, as you know, and they can steal all the stuff from the drugstores and you can steal a PlayStation 5 and four games as long as it's under $900 from Best Buy and all of those things. The chaos, the utter chaos, when they just take over the streets and you can't go over that bridge because we're protesting for a terrorist group across the world and all of those things, the chaos only lasts for so long because people cannot functionally deal with that over time. And eventually you can feel it. Can't you feel it? That they would be glad to usher in an authoritarian society. And I really believe that that's what Gavin Newsom was testing out when he brought Xi Jinping in and he suddenly said, see, I can clean up the streets. I can do it because the communist dictator is here. And look what I could do. And the homeless people magically disappeared and he had his fences up and it was clean and they power washed the off the streets and everything else. And then of course, Xi Jinping leaves, all hell breaks loose again. That's what's happening on the streets again. Because eventually over time, Tucker's right, people don't ask that much. We don't ask that much. We're so distracted with our phones and video games and whatever the nonsense of the day is, all of modernity has left us kind of inept, right? Like we don't ask for much. We're just kind of blobs out there and we'll just take whatever they give us. But at some point when your city is endlessly burning and you can't go into stores anymore, and all of those things, then you might demand a real authoritarian leader to clean it up. I, um, I'll pass on an authoritarian leader. I think we already have one or a wannabe at the White House, and he probably doesn't know that's what he's doing, being an authoritarian, because he just does what he's told. That would be President Biden. Well, folks, thanks for joining us here today. Contentious day. I'm sorry if I got in your grill about all this important stuff, but it is critical that we learn it and that we reach out and educate those around us. Because if we don't, we're going to find ourselves bringing in a couple of million illegal immigrants every month. That's what Joe Biden is sworn to do. Literally, open borders. And this Senate bill that's out there, not only is it not going to shut down the border and stop illegal immigration, it's going to dramatically expand it with no checks and balances because Alejandro Mayorkas under this bill can shut the whole operation down. Everything that's included in the bill at any time, he can shut it down. And they don't want people to know that. So spread the word. Get a copy of it. You can do it. Download it. 370 pages. You don't have to print them all out. But keep them in a format that you can share that file with your friends and neighbors and encourage them to go take a look-see. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Don't miss it. It's going to be a big, hot week. Kind of like today. I'll see you tomorrow. Georgia, he was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. 
Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul, cause I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny, and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet and you're gonna regret, cause I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, rise up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals the cards. And if you win, you get this shiny fiddle made of gold. But if you lose, the devil gets your soul. The devil opened up his case and he said, I'll start this show and fire flew from his fingertips as he rosined up his bow and he pulled the bow across the strings and it made an evil hiss and then a band of demons joined in and it sounded something like this Johnny said, well, you're pretty good, old son, but sit down in that chair right there and let me show you how it's done. Fire on the mountain, run, boys, run. The devil's in the house of the rising sun. Chicken in the bread pan, picking out dough. Granny, let your dog back, no child, no. head because he knew that he'd been beat and he laid that golden fiddle on the ground at Johnny's feet Johnny said devil just come on back if you ever want to try again cause I told you once you son of a gun I'm the best as ever been he played fire on the mountain run boys run devil's in the house of the rising sun 